This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, episode 155, part six, folks, part six. And I hope you folks share this episode, at least whatever parts you want to share with our conversation with Glenda. I think folks need to hear that. All right, folks, in full disclosure here, let's look at uh, related legal actions in regards to this book here. We're talking about Edwin Black's book, uh, IBM and the Holocaust, the strategic alliance between Nazi Germany and America's most powerful corporation, which originally came out in 2001. We've been going through this because I am showing you the parallels between what IBM did during the Holocaust, you know, based on the official narrative of the Holocaust and what they're doing today with all the data they're collecting and processing on behalf of these so-called smart cities and smart villages. It says in February 2001, an alien court claims act claim was filed in u.s federal court against ibm for allegedly providing the punch card technology that facilitated the holocaust and for covering up german ibm subsidiary diamag's activities there was no evidence in the suit that ibm officials in new york explicitly ordered that technology be supplied to the Nazis with the understanding it would be used in concentration camps. However, lawyers representing victims of Nazi oppression claim Diamag's founder, Heidinger, expressed pride in giving Hitler data that could be used in, quote, corrective interventions, end quote, and pledged to, quote, follow his orders blindly, end quote. In 2001, the lawsuit was dropped after lawyers feared the suit would slow down payments from a German Holocaust fund for Holocaust survivors who had suffered under Nazi persecution. IBM's German division had paid $3 million into the fund while clearly avoiding admission of liability. All right, so I want to go a little deeper into this, you know, why this suit was dropped. It says in 2004, the Roma Human Rights Organization, Gypsy International Recognition and Compensation Action, Gurkha, filed suit against IBM in Switzerland. However, the case was dismissed in 2006 under the relevant statute of limitations. All right, it says here, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, EFF, said in a 2015 unrelated lawsuit filed in U.S. federal court against IBM, quote, we point out the disturbing parallels between IBM's actions vis-a-vis South Africa and Nazi Germany, 
IBM New York purposefully, quote, facilitated gross human rights abuses by the Third Reich, end quote. All right, again now, we know that over time, uh, and we're going to look at this piece right now just to fill in the blanks, but we know that IBM has never denied uh, these claims. Uh, So right now I'm going to go over to this other section on Wikipedia called IBM in World War II. All right, because the last section was specifically about Edwin Black's book. All right, so they don't give you much information here, uh, the supposed uh, truth. But we're going to go through this. I want to look at an article, and then we're going to wrap wrap this up unless we get um, Edwin Black on the show. It says, both the United States government and Nazi Germany government used IBM punch card technology for some parts of their camps operation and record keeping. All right, so the United States was using this as well. And remember, folks, I've told you this. I've showed it to you in the original documents. I'll see if I can in the 60-second break if I could pull it up. I believe it was in the energy certificate document from 1937 coming out of Technocracy Incorporated that Howard Scott, the founder of Technocracy Incorporated, wanted to use that technology for the purpose of running the technocracy back in the 1920s and 30s when they were proposing to bring the technocracy into fruition. Now, it is a known fact that at the same time technocracy was operating out of Columbia University, so was IBM and so was FDR's brain trust. The brain trust being headed up by Rexford Guy Tugwell, all right, who was responsible for creating what was the New Deal and ended up creating the Social Security program and the Social Security number that all Americans were tagged with. Also something that Technocracy Inc. wanted. Everyone tagged with a number. Uh, Then we packaged up the New Deal principles and we started to push those into post-war Europe. Before the war even ended, uh, under the Marshall Plan, and uh, other projects, folks. I mean, this is us. This is the United States here. I hate to tell you this stuff, but uh, it is the truth. This is why I am post-political, folks. I am post-political. Uh, it says by country, Germany. In Germany during World War II, IBM engaged in business practices, which have been the source of controversy. Much attention focuses on the role of IBM's German subsidiary known as Deutsche Hollerith Maschinen. Uh, Geiselshaft or Diamag. Uh, Topics in this regard include one, documenting operations by Diamag, which allowed the Nazis to better organize their war effort, in particular the Holocaust and the use of Nazi concentration camps. Number two, comparing these efforts to operations by other IBM subsidiaries, which aided other nations' war efforts. Number three, and ultimately assessing the degree to which IBM should be held culpable for atrocities which were made possible by its actions. And number four, the selection methods as developed and used had the purpose to select and kill civil people. And let's look at the United States here. It says, in the United States, IBM was, at the request of the government, the subcontractor for the Japanese internment camps punch card project. 
His grand design for 1943 was a locator file in which would appear a Hollerith alphabetic punch card for each evacuee. These cards were to include standard demographic information about age, sex, education, occupation, family size, medical history, criminal record, and RC location. However, additional data categories about links to Japan were also maintained, such as years of residence in Japan and the extent of education received there. The punch card project was so extensive and immediate that the War Relocation Authority subcontracted the function to IBM. It says here IBM equipment was used for cryptography by U.S. Army and Navy organizations, Arlington Hall and OP20G, and similar allied organizations using Hollerith punch cards. Central Bureau and the Far East Combined Bureau. The company developed and built the automatic sequence controlled calculator, which was used to perform computations for the Manhattan Project. So, <laughs> so IBM, this U.S. company, is providing their technology to both the United States and the Allied Forces. At the same time, it's providing its technology to the so-called enemy, Nazi Germany. You see how that works, folks? And we know, we haven't gotten into this on the show, but it's a well-known fact, that a lot of these big banksters uh, were funding both sides of the war effort as well. Not really taught in your schools, in the public indoctrination centers. This stuff is sort of the hidden history of the United States and the world. Now, a lot of you may know it because you've gone and read books like Edwin Black's, you've done your own research, you've looked into the Rockefellers, you've looked into J.P. Morgan Chase, you've looked into all these big banking families, the Rothschilds, etc., etc. Maybe you listened to alternative media over the years, you've done your own research, uh, but as far as the public indoctrination center goes, and the vast majority of folks here in the United States, probably 90%, people don't know this. Because, in fact, it is our hidden history. Just like Technocracy, Inc., just like how we elect senators in a different way, just like how the Federal Reserve and the IRS and the income tax were put into place in 1913. Just like the truth about what Abraham Lincoln actually did during the civil war going down into the south people that voted to leave and then forcing them at gunpoint to rejoin the supposed elective union you know this is a union of folks that want to come in you know it's a choice it's a voluntary union it's voluntary therefore we're going to put a gun to your head we're going to shoot your wife your kid and your brother and then force you back into it but this is the hidden history of what really has happened in the world. So we're working through this, at the same time tying this in to what's going on today with the smart city tech, because this is just continued. It never actually ended. Just like MKUltra never ended. I proved that to you. It never ended. This stuff never ended. It's just gotten bigger. It's gotten larger. You know, some would even make the claim uh, whether Hitler was a useful idiot or in on the game, who knows, that Hitler being there 
doing what he did, then allowed the United States and the technocracy to further concentrate power, to go into Europe, to take all these countries, combine them together into one territory, and then force U.S. technocracy on those countries, folks. I mean, it's sad, and it's difficult to accept this, but unless you're going to go through the actual history, you are never going to be able to decipher the present, and you sure as hell aren't going to be able to predict the future, which is something you're going to need to do if you want to be able to protect yourself and your family, your children, your grandchildren, your loved ones, your friends, your neighbors. You cannot be a leader and actually steer people in the right direction and to try to educate those who want to be educated unless you're willing to understand the cold hard truth about what our country has done, what the technocrats have done, what has gone on around the world, and the fact that it never stopped. It's only getting more and more and more dystopian and tyrannical as the technology becomes more powerful and the humans become more unintelligent. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, let's just go through uh, this part quickly here. I'm going to pull it back up on the screen for you, ladies and gentlemen. All right, here we go. Here we go. Um, all right, so th- this on Wikipedia, just so I, you guys know, I'm going to skip past critics of IBM's actions during World War II because that talks about Edwin Black's book. We get into the Tort Claims Act, which we already talked about, the Gypsy International we already talked about. But this is our responses to critics. It says, in an, quote, IBM statement on Nazi-era book and lawsuit, end quote, IBM responded in February 2001, Uh, It has been known for decades that Nazis used Hollerith equipment and that IBM's German subsidiary during the 1930s, Deutsche Hollerith Maschinen GmbH, the Diamag, supplied Hollerith equipment. As with hundreds of foreign-owned companies that did business in Germany at the time, Diamag came under the control of Nazi authorities prior to and during World War II. It is also widely known that Thomas J. Watson Sr. received and subsequently repudiated and returned a medal presented to him by the German government for his role in global economic relations. These well-known facts appear to be the primary underpinning for these recent allegations. (laughs) So uh, they're not denying anything. They're saying, hey, this is already known. It's known. Who cares? It's a known fact. Yes, I wonder if they have it on a plaque 
in their lobby. It just says, you may criticize us uh, for helping run the concentration camps, the original 15-minute cities. But uh, it's already known, folks. Who cares? Uh, it goes on to say, uh, and, and we uh, talked about this, but there's a little more info, and I'm just being trying to be uh, factual and fair to the debate here. It says, Richard Bernstein, writing for the New York Times book review in 2001, pointed out that, quote, many American companies did what IBM did. What then makes IBM different? <laughs> End quote. Again, you know, what, what's the big deal? I mean, a bunch of people ran up and punched an innocent guy in the face, and then uh, you did the same thing. Who cares? Everybody did it. Everybody beat that guy till he died. It doesn't matter. You know, my client kicked that innocent kid in the ribs, uh, broke his ribs, a rib jammed into his lung. The kid coughed up blood. He died. He suffocated right there, choked on his own blood. But you know what, Your Honor? Six other people punched the kid in the face before my client kicked him in the ribs. It's okay. What's the difference? Bernstein states that Black's case in his book, IBM and the Holocaust, quote, is long and heavily documented, and yet he does not demonstrate that IBM bears some unique or decisive responsibility for the evil that was done, end quote. Meaning, if uh, 25 people rob a bank together, that one individual person does not deserve to be prosecuted because uh, everyone robbed the bank as a collective, as a collective. That's the case he's making here. It says, IBM quoted this claim in a March 2002, quote, addendum to IBM's statement, a Nazi-era book and lawsuit, end quote, after the publication of Black's revised paperback edition. It said, Mr. Black is asserting that IBM is withholding materials regarding this era in its archives. There is no basis for such assertions, and we deplore the use of such claims to sell books. And it turned out later that IBM actually said, well, we don't have the documents. They were destroyed. They were destroyed uh, during World War II. Uh, maybe they were hidden inside Hillary uh, Clinton's closet on her server. It caught on fire, folks. They don't have it. Oh, that damn Hitler we were partnered with. He destroyed all of our documents. Too bad we didn't have a punch card system to keep track of where our documents were located. Uh, let's take a look at this quick. Uh, I'm not going to go in. There's hundreds upon hundreds of articles from this era, and I'm not going to go through all of it. In fact, we're going to wrap this up today, and I'm not going to bring it back up. I mean, maybe for quite a while, unless I get Edwin Black on, and this way we can work through everything on one show with him, which would be fantastic and fascinating. I, I, I would be uh, honored to have him on. Uh, this is at theguardian.com. This is from Oliver uh, Berkman, March 29, 2002. It says, IBM dealt directly with Holocaust organizers. Author says U.S. firm had control of Polish subsidiary. And I just want to read this. Again, this is to wrap up this segment, and we're going to move on to the uh, data servers tomorrow. I promise I'm not going to inject anything else in because I want to get the data servers out of the way and then show you how uh, chat GPT actually works and show you some other AI technology that's magically all coming out today, you know. Just out of the middle of nowhere, all this stuff starts to arrive on the scene. So they must think they have us humans painted into a box where we're willing to accept that we're stupid. 
Because uh, it says newly discovered documents from Hitler's Germany prove that the computer company IBM directly supplied the Nazis with technology, which was used to help transport millions of people to their deaths in the concentration camps at Auschwitz and Treblinka, a controversial Holocaust expert claims in a new edition of a book published later this week. Edwin Black, whose book IBM and the Holocaust was published in hardback last year, says new evidence set out in the paperback version shows that executives at the firm's New York headquarters directly controlled a Polish subsidiary which leased punch card machines used to, quote, calculate exactly how many Jews should be emptied out of the ghettos each day, end quote, and to transport them efficiently on railways leading to the camps. Now, when I was over in Poland, I went to uh, a Jewish ghetto in, uh, was that in, that was in Krakow. And uh, also, we went to Auschwitz. I didn't pay to go inside. I really didn't want to walk around and see pure evil but i i stood on the tracks outside i think i at least owed it to uh my ancestors my father's father's side that came from austria uh some had escaped some came here earlier so i owed it to them i filmed the video there uh but i didn't want to turn it into a whole day i mean i i understand the evil and i also understand the discrepancies and the different theories out there uh but i'm not going to sit here and say none of it ever happened i mean that that would be hard to orchestrate. Plus, my wife is from Poland, and uh, they know people who had relatives that were not Jewish. They were Polish. They'd ended up in Auschwitz. They put political dysenteries, people that were trying to fight back against the uh, fascist takeover of Poland, and locked them in Auschwitz as well, of which we don't learn a lot about that. We make it all about the Jews, which may be part of some of the pushback that we've seen over the years, because my wife told me that a lot of people in Poland are disgusted with that as well because we don't talk about the 70,000 Polish that ended up in Auschwitz. It goes on to say, when the Nazis invaded Poland, Black wrote in the Jerusalem Post, quote, IBM New York established a special new subsidiary called Watson Business Machines, end quote, after its then-president Thomas Watson. Quote, IBM's new Polish company's sole purpose was to service the Nazi occupation during the rape of Poland, end quote. Watson business machines even operated a punch card printing shop over the street from the warsaw ghetto the paperback claims in the earlier edition of black's book the connection between the u.s headquarters of ibm and its european operations was more sketchy tracing the supply of machines to a german subsidiary that had been seized by the hitler government that's what uh, IBM is uh, admitting to. The paperback provides the first evidence that the company's dealings with the Nazis were controlled from its New York headquarters throughout the Second World War. Mr. Black quotes Leon Kravensky, the last surviving person involved in the Polish administration of the rail transportation to Auschwitz and Treblinka, as saying that, quote, he knew they were not German machines. The labels were in English. The person maintaining and repairing the machines spread the diagrams 
out sometimes. The language of the diagrams of those machines was only in English, end quote. During the war, Mr. Black says, a senior IBM representative from New York traveled to Berlin to meet a Czech IBM executive and arrange for the lease payments on the Hollerith card machines to be transmitted via Switzerland to New York. To the book says the Czech was in a position to send income from the machines leased in Poland through Geneva to IBM in New York. Robert Wolf, a researcher on Mr. Black's team, who was formerly in charge of Nazi documents in the U.S. National Archives, said the new details would silence detractors. Quote, the word has gotten out and a lot of people still alive are supplying information that they didn't have the context to understand before. End quote, Wolf told Reuters, quote, for those who have complained the proof is not there, this leaves little room for deniability, end quote. The first edition of IBM and the Holocaust prompted a group of death camp survivors to launch a legal action against IBM, but it was dropped in case it might delay other compensation payments to the victims of the Nazi regime. We read about that. Much of the compensation process has now been completed, raising the possibility that the paperback may revive the legal proceedings. Quote, this negates all the excuses, end quote. Malcolm Hoynlin, a vice president of the Conference of Presidents of Major Jewish organization said quote ibm has to look at what its role should be in light of these revelations end quote the company now based in armonk in upper uh new york state has not denied the role of its subsidiaries in aiding the nazis management of the holocaust preferring to suggest that it should not be held responsible for the actions of companies which the third reich had seized control it is not entirely clear that IBM's New York executives knew the ultimate use to which their machines were being put. But Mr. Black cites numerous examples of stories in U.S. newspapers at the time, which he says should have left IBM in no doubt about the nature of the Nazis' murderous activities in Poland. Right. So they're going to try to claim ignorance, folks. Ignorance. Uh, even though it was widely published, and this is not like today. There wasn't all types of information. There's basically one newspaper at the time. Uh, the, the new books claim that, quote, IBM recovered all of its Polish profits and machines, end quote, after the German surrender is likely to be among the most incendiary of its allegation. Quote, we have seen no proof of that, end quote, IBM told The Guardian yesterday, quote, facts which had been known for many years were used as the basis of allegations in the first book, and they seem to be used in similar fashion in the paperback. We're not convinced that there are any new findings here, end quote. Now, you have to remember this, folks, all right? IBM has never denied the claims. They never sued Edwin Black. They never got the book pulled off the shelves, and they've actually apologized for some of the stuff that happened due in part to their machines. Remember, they have a contract with the U.S. government doing the same thing here at the same time this is going on. The U.S. government never stepped in. This tells you everything that you need to know about the situation. And again, just as a reminder, we are talking about this, not because I want to rehash uh, IBM's involvement with the Holocaust, but it's because IBM is doing the same thing with the technocracy in the smart cities and villages right now, collecting data storing data processing data for the various worldwide new world order government across this globe 
collecting data on you. This is the punch card times infinity, ladies and gentlemen. That is the truth. And so we will dig deeper into IBM's involvement. We will continue to break down the technology used by the technocracy. This is very dangerous, ladies and gentlemen, what is going on today. Tomorrow, episode 156, we are going to break down these data centers for you. I'm going to put a big, big spotlight on Ashburn, Virginia. And I'm going to show you all the different companies and all the different data centers, all these different server farms that are housing our data. The modern-day punch cards. Ladies and gentlemen, please leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts and a comment. If you don't, I will send Glenda after you. Please consider joining pain.tv slash gold. And really, honestly, folks, throw us a little tip. Donorbox.org slash Dustin Gold Show. Buy me a cup of coffee. Buy me a bag of coffee, folks. Come on. I'm working my butt off over here for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I will see you tomorrow. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.